jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungey leaps and into the end zone for Dungey. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg, powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Friday edition of Orange Nation as we wrap up our first week back from the summer hiatus. You know how to get in touch with us, 315-437-7644. And Seth, we're going to be talking about uh, one of your favorite topics on the show today, NFL preseason oh, it's the football. Best. Oh, it's the best. Saquon Barkley is going to be amazing. <laughs> 40 yards on carry number one. We've got Can't R- wait. Ryan Dunleavy. He covers the New York Giants for NJ.com. He's set to join us here in about 15 minutes from now. And then Daryl Slater, who covers the New York Jets for NJ.com, will join us at the top of the hour. The Jets getting their preseason underway tonight at home against the Falcons. Uh, both our teams, though, in action last night. My Bills, your Giants. Yes. And, you know, we joked yesterday on the show about whether or not we watch NFL preseason football. I think there are two reasons that that any of us watch preseason football. Number one, and you brought this up on the show yesterday, it's our first football in six months. I mean, right. we, haven't, we haven't seen real football since February. So that's one reason to watch. And the other reason to watch, I think, we get to see the rookies, the high draft picks, the first-round draft picks in a pro uniform playing some semblance of a game for the first time. I have a third reason. What's your third reason? I mean, you could gamble on it. You could. It's not wise to, though. I, w- I wouldn't. like that. It, I don't bet on sports to begin with outside of like a, 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 a March Madness bracket, if you consider that gambling, which like technically. Uh, I don't bet on sports. I definitely wouldn't be betting on preseason football and putting my putting my money in the hands of Davis Webb and Josh Allen to go That's make me money. That's when you know you have a problem. You've got an issue. Well, is it like that or like the Little League World Series when you realize... You've got an issue with that this. also falls gambling. under the category of having a problem. If you're betting on little league baseball games, yes. If you're betting on NFL preseason, you might have a problem. I think so. Um, it, it's not about the outcome. We know that the games are generally sloppy. The starters play a series or two, but we get to see you know the shiny new car you know in, in Saquon Barkley, in Josh Allen, in Baker Mayfield. You know whichever team you follow, you get to see your you know your prize, new possession, for lack of a better term. You know, out there, and you get to see a little bit of what they could do. So let's start with your Giants. I'll get to my Bills. I, I watched virtually the entire Bills game. I know you didn't see much of the games last night, other than highlights. I watched one play live. You picked a good one to watch. I live. did. I did. I assumed that they would give Saquon Barkley the ball on on play one. Like it felt like a safe bet. Uh, so the the Yankee game hadn't quite started yet, and I was like, eh, why not? I'll watch one play. So and hang so on I, a second. Yeah. So after watching Saquon Barkley rip off a 39-yard run on his first carry, you turned the channel? You didn't want to see what would happen on play two? I was like, I know what's going to happen from here. I'm good. 
Oh, it didn't matter what happened after that. It didn't matter. The hype machine was off. You're the, like, the hype this machine has been was a success. Off, Tonight's off a success. Yes, the hype machine was off and running. He ran for 40 yards. He's the best pick ever. It, it can't possibly be a mistake. Hype pick is off and running. So, yeah, I saw enough. Baker Mayfield uh, came on in relief, did not get the start. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor started for the Browns, but Baker Mayfield saw some reps in the first half and then carried over into the second half. He played pretty well, threw for over 200 yards, had a couple of touchdowns. Again, I think we we need to keep in mind, A, it's the preseason. B, he's doing it against second-team defenses. And C, in the case of last night, he was doing it against the Giants' second-team defense. And, you know, they had arguably... Well, not one really. Of, I, was say, I was gonna say one year. of the worst. I, yeah. mean, I was, you know, arguably the worst defense in the NFL last year. That was their first team defense. Right. Baker Mayfield got to take advantage and, of the second team defense, but he did some good things. And also worth noting, uh, for any performance here, the offenses don't really game plan. The defenses don't really game plan. Right. They go out and they have basic, uh, very basic, very formulaic plans, uh, very vanilla, so to speak, what they want to do and what they want to get done. So. Uh, you know, the Giants' offense probably wasn't expecting Cleveland to blitz or, or whatever they, you know, certain blitz packages, uh, uh, you know, reading stuff today uh, and, and seeing some of the highlights about, you know, quarterbacks getting hurried. The the Giants' defense probably wasn't necessarily planning specific things to stop Baker Mayfield. That being said, I thought he made a couple of pretty nice throws. I, I thought that the two touchdown passes were pretty good. Uh I thought the one to David Njoku in the end zone was impressive, going between three guys um, and a tight window to Antonio Callaway. So I, I thought that the, he made a couple of really nice throws. Again, he he didn't do too much that I was surprised by, right? Like he he extended a couple drives. He was able to move, uh, made a couple nice throws. Like that's kind of what I thought he would do. You say that the game planning is very basic in the preseason. This is how basic the game planning is in the preseason. I, I watched the the telecast last night of the the Buffalo Bills game. You know we had it on Channel Nine. I'm a Bills right. fan anyway, uh, but I had it on in the office. And before the game, Thad Brown, the sideline reporter, who's the sports director at our at our affiliate in um, in Rochester, he said that uh, Sean McDermott told him before the game that one of the goals for this game. And he made it sound like a primary goal for this game was to have 11 guys on the field for every play. I kid you not. That is what he said. That, that <laughs> I, thought was a goal. Gonna, I thought you were going to say nobody get hurt. But that's about this. That that's kinda a goes very similar saying. thing, isn't it? That goes without saying. But aren't those two very similar? Yes. It's, like, it's just like very basic. Like, let's not think about this too much. Let's get nobody hurt. Let's have enough players on the field. And, and like, let's move 11 on. 11 guys on the, on the field play. for every play. That is, okay, check mark. We, you know, we did that. <laughs> did that. Um, and then you hear afterwards, right, what's what's another cliche thing that a coach will say coming out of a preseason game about the new quarterback? He got us in and out of the huddle. Yes. Got us in yes. and out of the huddle. And, and No it, delay of games. Sure enough, Sean McDermott uh, said that afterwards last night, although I know you didn't watch the game. Bill scored late, went for two. Uh, Josh Allen did not get them to the line in time uh, to pull off the two-point conversion, so they did have to burn a timeout there. Not that that really mattered, but that was the one time he didn't get them in and out of the huddle quick enough. Um, In regards to Josh Allen, I will say this coming out of the the Bills game last night. Um, I was encouraged by the quarterback play across the board. Nate Peterman got the start. Did some good things. I think he probably looked better than you would have thought. A.J. McCarron came on in relief, did some good things. They both led a touchdown drive. And then Josh Allen got the entire second half and did some good things and led him on a scoring drive late. 
I'll say this about Josh Allen. What did what did we know about him going into the draft, coming out of the draft, going into preseason camp, going into this first preseason game? Strong arm. He definitely has a strong arm. I mean, yeah. he showed that off last night, very first play. Just, just he threw it sixty yards in the air downfield. I mean, that was an incredible throw. Just like you know, the coaches gave it to Saquon Barkley on the first play. Let's see what you can do, kid. Very first play coming out of halftime. The Bills get the ball. They go deep, and he shows off his arm. The pass was complete. It was out of bounds, but shows off his arm. He throws a good deep ball. He's got a strong arm. We knew that. He's mobile. We saw that time and time again. He had a couple of scrambles in the fourth quarter where nobody's open. You know, There was one play in particular. It was third and 11. Looked like he was about to get sacked. He does a little spin move, somehow escapes, runs for 15 yards, picks up a first down. Strong arm, check. Mobility, check. He's inaccurate with some of the intermediate throws, and we saw that last night. I, th- I think he finished 11 for 20, I want to say. So he was essentially 50% with his completions. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he, he missed some throws he probably should have made. And then on the touchdown pass to Ray May- Ray, Ray McLeod, the, the rookie out of Clemson, he zips it in there between uh, two defenders, and, I mean, he just like rifled it in between two defenders for a touchdown. So the kid's got skills. Again, got to keep in mind he's doing it against third-string defenses, and it's not like he's going to start tomorrow. But I think you have to be encouraged if you're a Bills fan across the board with the three quarterbacks last night. Uh, Josh Allen, 9 for 19 last 9 night. 9 for 19, okay. Essentially 50%. Similar. Uh, missed some throws he should have made, but he also, like the touchdown pass in particular, I mean, that was a really good throw. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, when you look at, certain players and and when you look at you know the guys I'm thinking of Saquon Barkley, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, they did what you expect, right? Like they they did more or less what you expect. Saquon Barkley is a home run hitter. And if he doesn't get that 40-yard run, he's going to get a couple that aren't so great. And that's that's what happened, right? He had five carries for 43 yards after having his first carry that went for 39. So like he had four carries for 4 yards after that. You know, Josh Allen you knew he had a big arm. The one deep throw didn't land inbounds, but like it was a deep throw and showed off his arm strength. Okay, he missed some of the intermediate stuff. You try and you hope you can work that out and figure that out. But you know he, he's about what you thought. And Baker Mayfield, he's got the accuracy and and he's got some good arm strength. You know he he did about what you thought. You know, so I, I think that that's kind of how you have to look at it through one preseason game. Like these guys are doing more or less what you expect of them. Um, you know, the one guy who I would say didn't is Davis Webb. For the Giants, like Davis Webb was was disappointing. Uh, we can ask Ryan about that, Ryan Dunleavy about that in a couple minutes. But like that's probably the one place I would look if I'm a Giants or a Bills fan. And I'd say, oh well, that's not what I thought. And I'm curious what Ryan Dunleavy thinks is the the headline from last night's Giants game. Was it Saquon Barkley's you know run right off the bat, or or was it Davis Webb and and how poorly he performed in in what felt like an an important chance to you know kind of show the Giants what he's got? We will take a timeout. We'll bring on Ryan Dunleavy from NJ.com after this to talk about the Giants. Keep it here, Orange Nation, just getting started on ESPN Radio. We're back on Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you as we welcome our producer, Max Burgandy, in for today's business. How are you today, Max? I'm good. It's Friday. It is Friday. You you walked in before and you said, has anyone in here ever had that problem where you sleep too much and then you're <laughs> and like... And we both went like, We were just like, no. And then you're lethargic the next day. And I do know what you're talking about. It has not happened to me in quite a while, though. And the fact that that is your problem today, you get no sympathy from me. I wasn't asking for it. I was just... Looking for some common ground. Yes, that's happened to me before. That, I didn't even that sleep that. I didn't even sleep that long. 
I got home from work last night, and then I went to bed at like. I think your direct one. quote was, "Man, I slept so well last night. I don't feel so great." It today. was. It was. I think that's exactly what I said. I met someone famous last night, though. Oh yeah, did you? I met TJ oh, yeah, TJ Miller. He uh, he stars in Silicon Valley or used to, and he's been in Deadpool, and he's a very funny guy. There you go. I met some famous people this summer. I met the Jones brothers too. Chandler, Arthur, and um, John, who are all massive human beings, by the way. I would imagine. Arthur Jones is like the size, is like thickness of a refrigerator and like my height. Looks like he could eat me. Probably could. Chandler was... Let's I be mean, realistic. I mean, Chandler was the biggest of them all. He was like six, what is he, six five? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And just a tree of a human being. I'm going to jump in on this, and I, I'm sorry that I was distracted during that conversation because I just I, I saw something on Twitter about college lacrosse changing its rules, and so I wanted before I mention anything, I wanted to just kind of look a little bit deeper. And there is a report out that the NCAA rules committee has passed a 60 second shot clock for men's lacrosse beginning in the 2019 season. So Thank once goodness. once you cross midfield, you'll have teams will have 20 seconds to clear. So say a goalie makes a save. 20 seconds to cross midfield, and then once you cross midfield, 60-second shot clock will commence. And then anything will reset the shot clock in terms of if there's a save, a deflection, a loose ball, a shot, so on and so forth, it will reset to 60. So if you do a shot, if you if you throw a shot that is high, but you know your guy is backing it up, that'll reset the clock. It sounds like it. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing because I know there are ways. But you know to, what I mean. Yes. Like that, that's a way of you could have the, the backup. Like, you could you know fire it. Yes, you could fire it high. Hang on to the ball, but it's it to me. I mean, this is a huge step in the right direction. Yes, yes. you want a Absolutely. faster game, and this no doubt encourages a faster game. Wasn't lacrosse fast enough already? No, uh, for most teams, but not everybody plays it like Albany. Yeah. You know? No, it's not. There's nothing worse than this is trying needed. to watch like a uh, up tempo game and then it's just, you know, holding on in possession. Like Yeah. No, they needed to like, do this. Like in basketball, like when, you know, Princeton would play like that we're not gonna shoot or the ball. Georgetown or yeah. Notre Dame or, or we're just gonna, anybody? Yeah. Well it's, but like think about even before the shot clock. Like you you could do that for minutes at a time. Yeah, that's why there were twelve that's why eight there was, games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I, I mean you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a lot about lacrosse, but it sounds like it's the right step in the right direction. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back to that that 2011 game when when Syracuse played Maryland and the final score was six to five. I mean, it was it was it was brutal. Like it was unwatchable. I was there covering the game um, for it's just Channel like Nine. Frustrating it was, to watch. It was unwatchable. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously the extreme. That's what you're talking about. That's you know Princeton and you know pre shot clock for men's right. basketball. Um, but they installed a shot clock, and college basketball got faster. I and do, you couldn't do that anymore. I do like that there's an actual shot clock now, and it's not referee discretion, right? Because isn't that what it was? Like, if at some point yes, the ref correct. thought you needed a shot clock, they would put on that 30 seconds or whatever. But, like, you didn't know when a referee was just going to decide that they thought right. they needed the shot clock. And they so like, they would like give you a stall warning. You would have to keep it in the box. I mean, that right. was the uh, that was the first step toward trying right. to fix that. But then I like it that became, there's a legitimate. Right. I, I like that there's a legitimate clock now that says, "All right." And honestly, sixty seconds. I mean, you could get a lot done in sixty seconds. Yes. So I, I'm fine with it. I think you know most teams it won't be a problem. Yeah. And there's going to be some teams that you know are used to slowing it down that they're going to have to pick up the pace. I think it's Agreed. a 
again, this is just a report out there, but it sounds like it's happening. Um, and I, I'm move. totally in favor of it. I think that's a great move for college lacrosse. Anyway, I had to mention that. But what else you got in today's business? Uh, so a bunch of rookies were in action last night. Sam Darnold, obviously, in action tonight. Baker Mayfield impressed with two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley had a 39-yard run. First play from scrimmage. Uh, obviously looked every much or about as impressive as you know you'd expect Saquon Barkley to look. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, four straight tackles on defense in his debut. And Lamar Jackson did what Lamar Jackson does for the Ravens. Um, you know, we're looking at these rookies, and obviously, I think we say this every year, but this year really feels like it's uh, there's a lot of talent, more like in position. You know, players are a lot of them, a lot more this year than there have been in the past, and there's a lot more gray areas and wondering about a lot of these people's careers. But I wanted to, you know, get your guys' opinion on who will be the best rookie based on what you saw last night. And I know opportunity isn't the same. Obviously, Joe Flacco starting for the Ravens in front of Lamar Jackson. You don't know what Josh Allen's going to do, but he's obviously, you know, looking like the best option in Buffalo with A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman. So who's going to be the most impressive rookie at the end of the season? I'm going to answer it like this. You know how at the beginning of the week we did that exercise where we looked at sitting a guy versus starting a guy from day one and, you know, who had success. And so I'm going to I'm going to look at it like that. There are five quarterbacks that were picked in the first round. I think the best move for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson is to go the sitting route. I think the best move for Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen is go the start from day one or start in the first month of the season route. And I could go either way with Baker Mayfield because Tyrod Taylor is there. You know, I, I think right. I think I think Baker Mayfield's gonna be fine either way. You know that I don't love him, but I think in terms of, you know, for that situation and I think he's good enough. He's not Johnny Manziel. I you know, he's John, he's even though you thought he was no, in no, no, April. No, 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 I didn't say that he was the same quarterback. I, I think the attitude, think personality I think wise. personality-wise, they're similar. I see a lot of red flags in Baker Mayfield off the field that I saw in Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was not equipped to handle the NFL on the field, off the field. By I enemy. knew he was going to be a bust. And then you put him with Josh Gordon, too. The Baker Mayfield concerns, for me, are more like the red flags off the field and the attitude and do I think he's a leader and, and that kind of thing. In terms of his his playing ability, I think he will, he'll be able to stick in the league for sure. So I think Baker Mayfield's going to be fine whether they start him or sit him right away. I, so I don't know if that answers your question. I guess my point is... I think we have to take Lamar Jackson and and Josh Allen to some degree out of the discussion because I don't think they're going to get a chance right away. I they might Sam not Darnold, all season. Right. I think Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are going to get a lot of opportunity and, and early, and I'm not sure about Baker Mayfield. Um, and we didn't see Sam Darnold last night, but my tonight. answer to your question, he I think, start. is Sam Darnold. Yeah, he, I was going to say. I think he's most ready right away to play. That team is not good. I think he's going to get an opportunity well, yeah, it's right off the bat, completely and different opportunities in the same thing. It's like thing. Michael, Michael Carter Williams winning right. the rookie of the rookie year right. just because yeah. of opportunity. He played for he the had. Sixers; they were so bad. He played so much, you know. They needed him to score and you know dish out assists, and he played through his mistakes. I think Sam Darnold's going to be able to play through his mistakes. So I think from a statistical perspective, I think Darnold's the answer. Yeah, I was going to say it's either Darnold or Baker because I think they're going to play the most. I, I, I mean, you don't think Rosen's going to play a lot? I don't. It, doesn't that it depends, that on, depends Sam on what Sam Bradford does? I think. Like I I think that if Sam Bradford's healthy, they'll play Sam Bradford. Because like look at the numbers and he's 
pretty good quarterback when he's Bradford healthy. Has Sam Bradford ever been healthy, though? No, no, he hasn't. So I guess he's I'm, like I'm banking Dungey. on that. He's like Eric Dungy, but in the NFL. Yeah, right. Well, not even. I mean, like, even worse than that is, I mean, yeah. Sam Bradford can't yeah. stay on the field. No, he can't. Um, and, and that's the problem for him. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Josh Rosen will get a chance, but I, I have no idea when that's going to come. Yeah. But I do think that the Sam Darnold opportunity is going to come relatively early. I would think that the Baker Mayfield opportunity will come at some point because, like, let's face it, Tyrod Taylor's not that good. Here's the thing, though, about the Browns. Um, they are, as the kids would say, low-key good. Like they're, I think they're sneaky good. And Tyrod Taylor showed last year on a team that was very average, he took them to the playoffs. Right. So can Tyrod Taylor keep the Browns in the mix and keep it in? You know, I always go on the CBS who's in the hunt, quote-unquote. Yeah. The also, Browns, in my opinion, the Browns are going to be on that graphic for most of the year, if not all of the year. They're going to so win you, nine games this year? I'm saying... On that graphic, right? You're you're six and six. You're you're seven and eight. You're like you're you know if things you break, control, right, you could guess yeah. if like something happens. Ahead right, but you of think you. they're going to win like takes... seven or nine, seven to nine games? I think they could be eight, seven and eight. To ten games. That, that keeps them in the mix. Right? I mean, five hundred is in the mix up until the very end of the season. Yeah. So I think I think they're an eight and eight team, or could be. Um, now that's I I'm say not... they won't be because they're the Browns. Right, like something's going to happen. Right. You're just going to be like, that's so Cleveland. I like, think they're better than we will expect. Like, I think yes, they're better than I we expect. I think they're better than we think they are, but and that could result in four wins. They won what, one game over the last two look seasons. Look at what Tyrod had last year where I think, I mean, the Browns' defense is good, but I think the Bills' defense last year was a bit better than the Browns' defense this year. And the Browns' offense this year is, I think, much better than the Bills' offense was last year. So it's interesting to see what he can do with a – the same defense, a little. I think what it, compared to what it was last year, it'll be a step back, if not the same, this year for the Browns. Because I mean, the Browns have a good defense. There's no. I agree. I think, and then you see you have your offense with Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon and maybe oh, Des got, Bryant. Maybe Des Bryant, which we'll get to and, in a second. And and I would also I would also say as we're talking about the rookies, I know that's where we started. The we're talking about the quarterbacks. Like I, I think that if what Ryan D- Dunleavy said earlier is true, Saquon like Saquon Barkley yeah, is going to have the best rookie say. season. Yeah, you know, he like, just has the like most opportunity. Can, right. We can talk about these quarterbacks all we want, but like if Saquon Barkley is going to get 350 touches over the course of the season, he's going to have the best year. Yeah. And and just from a Bills perspective too. I mean, we don't talk defense a lot, but but Edmonds, Tr- yes. Tremaine right. Edmonds is going to have a better season than Josh Allen, in my opinion, because he's going to get opportunity right away, right. and Absolutely. Josh Allen will not. So, yes, I think we're talking strictly about the quarterbacks here. I'm with you, Seth. I think Barkley is going to have a phenomenal year. And from a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. In terms of the quarterbacks, I think the answer is Sam Darnold. I think we disagree a little bit on the Browns because I'm not sure Baker Mayfield is going to get his opportunity as early as we think. Right. Because I think Tyrod Taylor wins some games for that team, and I think they keep things interesting for a while, and then maybe you know Baker Mayfield takes over towards the end of the year. Yeah, and we mentioned Des Bryant in that conversation. We were talking about the receivers the Browns have. He hasn't signed yet, but he tweeted yesterday that he wants to get right, and he thinks he could picture himself playing in Cleveland. So, I mean, that's pretty intriguing to think about. I mean, if you have Des Bryant, Jarvis Landry, and Josh Gordon as your receivers, yeah. that's that's pretty good. That's better than most, yeah. even though Des has regressed in his career and – you know, it would be interesting to see what he could contribute to what otherwise is already a star-studded receiving core. The interesting part of this is, I, I don't know if you guys saw the back and forth and what was happening last night, but like on Twitter, there were a lot of reports like, 
Des Bryant says no teams are calling or whatever it is, or uh, you know says he he would play for the Browns, and then they go ask John Dorsey, and John Dorsey's like, I don't know, my phone's not ringing, like <laughs> we're good, and Des tweets, he goes, Mr. Dorsey, I'm on my way up to Cleveland like this week, and and then they go ask Des, they go ask Dorsey again, he's like, my phone didn't ring, like I don't know, and so like this weird back and forth of like. Dez doesn't want to actually pick up the phone and call these people, but he's like making himself look good and being like, "I'm game. Like, let's do this, yeah. Cleveland. I'm I'm ready to go play on your terrible, you know, franchise." But like, it's let's, not. It's, let's it's, do it's this. a terrible franchise. Right. But this year, it, it's good. They're going to shock a lot of people. Okay, and but, I think I'm with but, Steve where you're going to see that in those that, graphics. But work. the point being that publicly, he's saying all the right things, and he's like, "Hey, I'm ready. I'm going to go anywhere, and uh, I'll go anywhere and everywhere to try out. Like, I'm ready to go." But like privately. No, like is he's it, not. Right? Is it possible that Dez wants to feel wanted? Yeah, like, I think that's he's yeah, putting the feelers yeah. out there that like, hey, uh, yeah, if you call me, I'm not going to say no. But like you if, have to call me. But, but call you me. have to call me. I'm not calling you. Right. right. And I mean that kind of fits Dez's personality to a T. That yes. he, you know, he got to stroke his ego. I a little can bit. definitely see that being the case. And I think if it comes down to it, he's going to get over himself as the start of the season approaches. I could see that. But for yeah. right now, I think he wants to be the one that wants to feel wanted. And because I don't think he does feel wanted after how he left the Cowboys. And how long he's he, he's been in the league for a while, right? He's been around the block. Like, is it possible that he's just like, eh, August. Yeah. I don't need that. I don't really want to sign right now. I'm, right. I, I don't, don't want to do training camp in OTAs. I don't really and... want to go to Cleveland now. Right? Like, yeah, like it, I could spend in it In three wherever. weeks, I could show up on the sixth episode of Hard Knocks and we're good. And we're good. I was just in Cleveland a couple weeks ago. It's nice there this time of year. I don't know why he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. No, he doesn't want to participate in training camp. That's really it. Right. Like I am, I am not curious dumb. because I know we're going to see it on the next episode of Hard Knocks. John Dorsey sitting in his suite at Giant Stadium while seeing reports of Dez wanting to come to Cleveland, but also turning around to the reporters and being like, nope, I don't know. I can't help you there. <laughs> like I, That's going to happen on Hard Knocks, right? Like That's like a five-minute part of the show. Yeah, I think it happens. I think it happens. The fact that he's been so vocal about the Browns and not like you know, you're saying he'll go anywhere. And people but are he's, trying to recruit him too, like yeah, Jarvis. Jarvis. I mean, Landry. Jarvis Landry's recruiting half the league to come. Jarvis Landry's re- recruiting Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, which I don't think okay. is that. Yeah, Beckham's getting his new contract by the time the season starts, and I think Des Bryant is a is a Brown by the time the season starts. Uh, we got to run. We got to wrap up the show right after this. You're listening to ESPN Radio.